freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. And GOP Josh is a young conservative influence with a lot of power. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the Conservative Crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. My goal has never been to be just a voice against the hate and the division and the selfishness of what our party has become under Donald Trump. It's also been to win the nomination and defeat Joe Biden and restore our party and our country to a new place of hope and optimism in this country. I've always said that if there came a point in time in this race where I couldn't see a path to accomplishing that goal, that I would get out. And it's clear to me tonight that there isn't a path for me to win the nomination, which is why I'm suspending my campaign tonight for President of the United States. I know, and I can see it from some of the faces here, that I'm disappointing some people by doing this. No, you're not, Chris. Welcome in. This is the conservative crusader, GOPjosh.com. Glad to be with you all today, as always, on this year of our Lord 2024, January 10th. Wednesday edition of the program. Make sure you, you rate us five stars in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the places, and you are downloading the show, subscribed, all the fun stuff. Usually we're live on X Spaces doing this show. We're not doing that tonight because we are actually awaiting a call in from a very special guest, State Representative Brian Stewart, here in Ohio's 12th State House District. We'll be joining us today to talk about the override of House Bill 68, and we'll get to that with him in about 20 minutes. Uh, it's going to be a huge, jam-packed news day. Obviously, you hear there beginning the show, Chris Christie has suspended his presidential campaign just five days before the first votes are cast in Iowa. He hasn't been focusing on Iowa. He was focusing on New Hampshire, whatever. Uh, there was also a hot mic before the event, which I think was kind of interesting that they, they turned on the mic early. It's about 54 seconds. People don't want to hear it, Wayne. Mm-hmm. This they is when it starts. It. It entered we halfway through right, a sentence. But they don't want to hear it. Right. And and there's you know we couldn't have been any clearer. Right. We couldn't have been any more any more direct or worked any harder. So yeah. you know. Forget she spent sixty eight million. Yeah. I mean, no. we spent like well, when you give land 10. to China and places like that. Yeah, that's gonna, what you get. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, she spent sixty eight million so far just on TV. Oh, yeah. Spent sixty eight million so far. <laughs> 
59 million by DeSantis and we spent 12. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment, you know? And she's gonna get smoked. And you and I both know it, she's not up to this. she hasn't even been. And she's still 20 points behind Trump in New Hampshire, right? Yeah, and, oh yeah. And he's, gonna, he's still going to carry Iowa, right? Yes, always. I, t- you know, I talked to De- DeSantis calling me, petrified that I would... He's probably getting out after Iowa. Well, he's... And that's where that cuts off, which I love that. I wish they would have kept it on another five seconds. Uh, but that's the leaked audio out of the Chris Christie campaign or whoever's running his audio. Turned on the mics. They immediately shut down the stream, deleted the stream, but obviously the internet lives forever. Listen, I'm glad to see he's out. He never had a chance. He can spend more time with his 12-piece KFC chicken bucket he refills every day. Not really that big of a deal. He was 2%, not really a big player in this campaign at all. But it was just a fun clip to open up the show, this very good, successful, fun show we're going to have today. Uh, And we have a lot of Ohio news to get to today as well, as well as national. Uh, So, quick story here. Melania Trump's mother has passed away, President Trump's mother-in-law. Uh, She has passed away. Obviously, that's where Melania spent her Christmas and New Year's holiday, was in the hospital with her mother, uh, Amelijah Canavis, if I had to guess how it's pronounced. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just didn't uh, think to look into that before the program, and that's my fault. Has passed away at 78. Uh, She wrote on X, uh, Melania did, uh, her mother was a strong woman who carried herself with grace, warmth, and dignity. She was entirely devoted to her husband, daughters, grandson, and son-in-law. We will miss her beyond measure and continue to honor and love her legacy. A campaign advisor for former President Donald Trump confirmed her death to CNN. So for all those out there on X claiming, where's Melania? Where's Melania? She should take a more active role in the campaign. She was spending time with her mother who passed away. I I, I hope the politics was worth it to you. And being a nasty snob and a jerk and everything to to the greatest first lady of our lifetime. I hope it was worth it to you for your your, your 2% in Iowa. Right? We know Ron's going to get maybe 20%, 99 counties, and not a lead in one. Uh, Nikki Haley, 99 counties, not a lead in one. Do we have that audio? Uh, Because that's that's a funny clip from it. Um, Here's part of it. I've got Blair and Poll problems like the Florida sun. I got 99 counties, not a leading one. I got the boot patrol on my Dr. Scholes. Trolls are analyzed from my toes to soles. Sean Polk is to say he's Rhino Jeb Clone. Bukesi boots stupid and I pick my nose. So what if I put lids in my Zappa toes? Or my campaign is dead and strapped for dough. You're like, oh, Zeppi, just go out my whole asshole. If donors don't like me, you can blame Jeff Rowe. Me for sure, knees red, cause a hoes a hoe. And Cardillo's... Oh, okay. I'm glad I censored that. That's the 99 problems, not a lead, or 99 counties, not a lead in one by the Dilly meme team of Ron DeSantis. It's so true. Iowa's five days away, and he's going to get crushed. And Iowa's five days away. Haley's going to get crushed. Christie's going to get crushed. The whole system's going to get crushed. Uh, President Trump's going to be a three-peat victor in Iowa. Obviously, he won 2016, the general. 2020, the primary. 2024, the primary. A big three-peat in Iowa is going to be huge for the Republican Party, for President Trump. And at that point, Ron DeSantis is expected to drop out because he's going to get third place, right? He, he did over 99 events. He did an, at least one event in every county. Ron DeSantis could not get a lead in any county. And by the way, if you spread your message to the voters and you keep falling, 
you're not a good candidate, right? If you take one poll and you start at 30% in this primary, you fall to 15 or 12 or 10. And probably after the, the delegates are out of the single digits, um, you're just a failure as a candidate, right? And the whole campaign's a failure. Uh, Trump is our nominee. He will be our nominee after Iowa. He will be our nominee after New Hampshire. He will be our nominee after South Carolina, after Nevada, after all the states after Super Tuesday when he's in jail, or not in jail, and not in jail, in the courtroom, he will be our nominee. He will be our nominee through every fight we have to fight through to get him on the ballot. He will be our nominee. And if you're pouring money, putting in all this nonsense to try to make this campaign happen, make something happen here that's not going to happen because you think there's some sort of victory for you, right, and, and through all of it. Well, I got 10% in Iowa. Not a lot of people can say that. Yeah, whatever. But you're making a fool out of yourself. And I think Chris Christie saw that. I, I, he'll probably already be on the ballot in a few states, but he's withdrawn, so it doesn't really have a lot of effect. But Ron being on the ballot in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada, getting maybe 8 10% at most, 12 if you're being generous, completely and totally destroys any sort of conversation about a 2028 run for Ron DeSantis. And it's just, it's funny to, to look at, to see, to have this conversation. Obviously, we know this sh conversation shouldn't be happening, right? We, we know this conversation should be Trump's the nominee and that's where we are, but that's not where we are today. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader, GOPjosh.com. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash G-O-P-J-O-S-H Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader, GOPjosh.com. If you're enjoying the program, make sure you rate us five stars. Have a podcast, Spotify, support the program for as little as $3 a month. That's less than one cup of coffee. If you go to Starbucks, get those stupid big tumblers. It's all the all the rave. Cheaper than that, support the program. Keep us on the air, GOPjosh.com, Patreon.com slash GOPjosh, and our Patreon.com slash GOPjosh phone lines. 574-675-6747 is a voicemail line you can call and get on the air. The judge overseeing former President Donald Trump's civil fraud trial rescinded permission Wednesday for Trump to deliver his own closing arguments, according to the Associated Press. Judge Arthur Ingeron previously granted approval after one of Trump's lawyers informed him that the former president wanted to present his own closing arguments on Thursday. Ingeron changed his mind Wednesday after Trump's lawyers objected to his requirement that Trump speak only on, quote, relevant, unquote, matters, the AP reported. New York Attorney General Latita James wrote in her closing brief last week that evidence of Trump's fraud was inescapable. She argued Trump and his company should be required to pay $370 million, $120 million higher than she originally sought, according to Axios. Having not heard from you by the third extended deadline, I assume that Mr. Trump will not agree to the reasonable lawful limits I have imposed as a precondition to his giving his clothing, a closing statement above and beyond those given by his attorneys, and that, therefore, he will not be speaking in court tomorrow. Ingeron wrote in a letter to Trump's lawyers and James, according to CNN. 
Ingeron ruled in September that Trump and his company committed fraud, deceiving banks and insurance companies by exaggerating his net worth and overvaluing assets. All the lies, all the regular business nonsense that every businessman in the world does, including Mark Cuban, including Elon Musk, all of them do the same thing. But because they are not Donald Trump, then obviously it doesn't matter. And if you're taking away a defendant's right to testify, not really testify, but deliver their, their own closing arguments that any other uh, client would have, any other person trying to fight this would have, you are on the wrong side of this conversation, my friend. And uh, so the New York judge overseeing his fraud trial denied his request to postpone closing arguments as well. His mother-in-law passed away yesterday. Any other defendant, and this is from Johnny Maga, any other defendant would have had this postponed because his mother-in-law, which some people are very close with their mother-in-law, some have mother-in-law sweets and keep them away. I don't think that's how Trump was. And they were keeping him away from his mother-in-law and grieving. If any other defendant had that happen, it would not have happened like whatsoever. They would have postponed it for as long as they needed or, or 10 days or whatever it would have been. They would have they would have just put it on, on, on hold like any reasonable person would, any moral person with values would. Now, I'm not trying to say that I am a, a holier-than-thou person and I do the same thing, but any other sort of judge would have done the same thing. Any, any person that wasn't this radical judge trying to take President Trump down would have done the same thing. Because, fun fact, he might be a politician. He might be the greatest president we've had in our lifetime. He might be this, he might be that. But through it all, Donald Trump is a person with a family, with feelings, with beliefs, with faith, and most importantly, as I said already once, his family. And he deserves the opportunity to grieve with his family. Even putting it on hold for a day, two days, three days, the bare minimum. And if you don't think these people are against him yet, if you don't think these people are doing everything they can to take President Trump down, make it as political, as personal as they can, frankly, I think you're listening to the wrong program because it is seriously just unbelievable how they're trying to take this man down over something that every businessman in America will admit to doing. If you ask them, you're like, yeah, don't don't tell the, the IRS, but yeah, I, I don't report taxes properly. No one, I mean, I do, obviously, because the IRS probably listened to the show. I, I report all my, no, I actually do, because I'm not a business owner. I'm not a big millionaire, multimillionaire guy. But when you have property, you're going to overvalue that property to get loans because you want to get loans. You need to get loans for whatever it might be. And you're going to undervalue that property when you're trying to pay taxes because you don't want to pay as much taxes. You want to be wealthy or you don't want to waste your money on taxes. And, and so it's just a stupid trial. All right. Another story I want to give you here. Mike Pence's brother is going to retire from Congress, which I, I kind of forgot he was in Congress. I actually met Greg Pence once. I never got a chance to speak with him, uh, but I met him. Uh, when was it? It was a Team Trump bus uh, tour stop in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Huge crowd showed up. This bus had, it was like Jim Jordan and Jane Timpkin and some guy, I don't remember who he was. 
and Greg Pence and Matt Schlapp was there. Uh, it was a huge event. Uh, this is obviously 2020 when Greg Pence was on the campaign trail for his brother and for the president. And so he's retiring from Congress after only three terms. Uh, and I apparently have to create an account for Daily Caller to read the rest of the story. Um, so I, I probably should do that. They're a great, great news organization. Uh, so from the AP, uh, Republican Re U.S. Representative Greg Pence of Indiana said Tuesday he will not seek re-election to a fourth term, becoming the latest House member to announce that they won't seek re-election. Pence, the older brother of former Vice President Mike Pence, announced his decision Tuesday morning in a statement on X, formerly known as Twitter, which did not give any indication why he had decided not to run for Indiana's 6th District seat. His famous sibling had held the seat for 12 years before later serving as Indiana's governor. Greg Pence was first elected in 2018, which spans parts of central, eastern, and south central Indiana. He said in 2017 he ran for the seat because he was ready to serve again as a former Marine officer. I approached the job with purpose. After three years, I made the decision to not file for re-election. The remainder of my term this year, our team will focus on delivering outstanding constituent services to the voters in Indiana's 6th six, uh, District. It is a privilege and honor to represent you in our nation's capital. More than two dozen House members are seeking other office or retiring so far heading into the 2024 election. On Monday, uh, U.S. Representative Larry Bouchon announced he would not seek re-election to an eighth term to represent the 8th District. Bouchon and Pence's announcement mean four of Indiana's nine congressional districts will be open. Jim Banks is running for the Senate. Um, Victoria Sparts said she will not be running for a third term representing her district. So it's going to be a, a huge different landscape. If you are listening to this program and you're in Indiana and you're listening to this program, you're probably a good conservative. Run for office. Now is the time with all the shakeup, all the craziness in your district, in your state. Now is the time to run and actually make a difference. Because if you put up a primary opponent against someone that doesn't have a shot at losing the primary, you're making a moral victory, but you're not doing anything for the country actually. Right? You, you know what I'm trying to say there? I'm not trying to be like derogatory against uh, campaign people. I'm just trying to say it, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to work if you, um, if you run against an incumbent. But when there's four open seats, maybe more to come, put your name on the ballot. That's the least you can do. Put your name out there. You'll probably be outfunded, but if you can outwork them, if you can knock doors, make phone calls, get knock on every door in the district. That might be a crazy challenge, but it, not you personally, but your campaign. But it can be done. Do that, knock it out, and win the race. And get more America First fighters in Congress. And you don't have to live in the district to run. It helps, but you don't have to. That's a fun fact people don't really know. You don't have to be in the district to run for the district. Uh, so if you're in Indiana, your district is currently represented by a rhino, you don't want to challenge them because you think you'll lose, then simply do the work, get elected to one of these open seats, and do the right thing in Congress. And, and I will forever encourage people to run, uh, especially when there's open seats. If it's a tough primary, that's one thing. If it's an impossible primary, that's another. If it's an easy primary, that's even better because then we can focus on beating the left. And so I encourage you to run in that seat if you are in Indiana. And I'll try to do my best. I, I'm on the border, so I'll try to do my best to to speak with with, with in, uh, Indiana voters, Indiana people running for these seats on this program because we are the largest Ohio political podcast. By the way, going into that, coming up in about two minutes for you guys after you listen to the break, we will be having Representative Brian Stewart on this show, State Representative, about the House Bill 68 override, which it was overrid. We're so back. And we will be back right after this. You're listening to the conservative crusader, GOPJosh.com. 
patreon.com slash GOP Josh. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader. Joining us now is the friend of the program, probably the most frequent guest we have, which is such, so cool because he's from the di- from my district, representing me in the State House. I I don't know if he's joining us from Columbus or not, but giving us a State House report today, State Representative Brian Stewart of the 12th District. Representative Stewart, welcome back to the show. How are you? It's always good to be with you, Josh. I am uh, still in Columbus. It's been a long day, but uh, glad to join you. Well, I'm glad you're still there, still getting the work done. Huge, biggest news of the day, House Bill 68. We talked about it earlier on the program where it is this the Saving Adolescents from Experimentation Act. I've kind of read the news reports about it, but you know it better than I do. What is the SAFE Act? It passed the House and Senate bigly, and it got vetoed. <laughs> uh, what What was the SAFE Act, and, and um, yeah, what was it? Just let you yeah, take this, it away. <laughs> Sure. The uh, the Safe Act is uh, you know sponsored by Gary Click and uh, co-sponsored by me, and it would say that we are not going to allow biological males to compete against females in sports. So we've sort of incorporated the Save Women's Sports Act into the bill. Uh, and then the other portion is speaking to transgender uh, surgeries and treatments for children. And so the bill would say that we are not going to do puberty blockers. We are not going to do cross-sex hormones. And we are certainly not going to allow uh, permanent sex change operations for children uh, in the state of Ohio. And this is a policy that if you look at poll after poll after poll, um, huge majorities of both Democrats, Republicans, and independents all agree that this is common sense policy. And uh, it's only controversial to a small sliver of the radical left. And uh, this is uh, this is policy that's kind of united Republicans that we need to protect our children. We need to uh, make sure we're not doing these things at a time when they're still becoming they're still children. They're still becoming adults and uh, happy to support the bill and glad we could pass it uh, back in December. Absolutely agree with you there. So now that that's out of the way, everyone knows what it is. You explained it very well. Um, why do you think the veto happened in the first place by Governor Mike DeWine, a Republican governor? Why did it happen after such a wide majority voted for the bill in favor? Well, I think that if you only engage with this bill at the very end, which is kind of the tack that he took, and you only spend you know a week or so working on the bill, which I think is the tact that he took, um, you know, at first glance, there's cer- there's certain testimony that um, you know I think he gave greater weight to than he should. Um, you know, by contrast, I mean I was on I was the vice chair of the public health policy committee. You know, our chairman Scott Lips did a great job uh, with this bill. We had hours upon hours upon hours of testimony over multiple days and weeks and months. And we got to hear from proponents and opponents and interested parties. And, you know, if you if you do the full, if you really dig into all the different positions and have the opportunity to kind of hold people accountable, the picture that gets painted is pretty clear. You know, we do have ample evidence that these surgeries are occurring in Ohio. We do have evidence that these puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones are not reversible. And yet that's what some of the what the opponents come in and say. 
And so, you know, as one example, Josh, when I was on the committee, we had, you know, children's hospital lobbyists come in and say, oh, well, you know, we're not making referrals to outside clinics to do sex change surgeries on minors. And I asked them again, and I probed again, and I asked again. And finally, about four questions in, they said, well, yeah, we have a list of the clinics that do these surgeries, and we give that list of clinics to the patients, but we don't call that a referral. Well, frankly, that's absurd. And, um, you know, that's the kind of work that when you spend more than a week on this, you, you kind of get to the bottom of that. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny how their, their logic falls apart. at just the basic questioning. Uh, so today the house voted to override that veto. We're celebrating that obviously on the right, uh, the right side. There was a bit of worrying. I know the blue 22 had a fundraiser in Florida for some reason today. I would have preferred to do it a week ago when it was snowing versus raining. I think rain's a little better, but but that's besides the point. Uh, but it did make it across that finish line. I actually saw your tweet, which is how I saw this. Uh, it was it actually had more votes in favor this time than the actual bill did. Um, so did you expect this to happen? And how how did you and your conservative colleagues on the floor react when this vote finally got across the floor? Well, I never doubted that we had the votes. Um, we passed this with 62 votes back in uh, December. And we actually had two more likely yes votes that were out, uh, not present that day for various reasons. And so I thought that our I thought our vote range would be in the 62 to 64 range. Um, we actually, you know, we actually had the vote of somebody who voted against the underlying bill, uh, but voted yes for the override. And I would just say, you know, primaries are a heck of a drug, Josh. And uh, I think there's some people. Uh, hey, welcome, <laughs> feeling, welcome to the good side. <laughs> yeah. Feeling the pressure in their districts that this is an issue that, uh, that animates a lot of people and, you know, has a lot of strong support across not just our party, but independents and even Democrats who understand that this is good policy. Absolutely. And I, I'm glad to hear that. And it's always good when you hear primaries and it actually goes our way. Because usually you hear Republicans being challenged to the primary. They go to the middle. They try to find a path there. No, the, the way is actually embrace the, the party you're trying to run in. Uh, so, so now we're just waiting on the Senate to get it across. I expect it to happen very shortly. I don't think they're going to wait very long. Um, so let's shift over to the March primary. You mentioned it. Uh, before we get to the election and the actual talks on that, do we expect anything else to go down in the state house before the March 19 primary? I know there's a couple scheduled dates, but is anything major going to happen? I don't think anything major, Josh. I mean, we passed another bill of mine today kind of, uh, relating to, uh, you know, uh, litigation and, you know, uh, uh, vicarious liability and, you know, some legal concepts and we may pass a few more bills like that, but I think we've only got one more, Session day scheduled by the speaker between now and uh, the March primary. I do think the Ohio Senate is going to come back on January 24th, though, and uh, vote to go, to do the override as well. Well, that is good, and I'm glad to hear that. So I, I'm kind of out of news at the State House. I've been trying to follow it as close as I can, but it's been such a crazy news day. I haven't caught anything else at the State House. Anything else that happened today that, that you want to talk about? Well, I've passed uh, two bills in the last two sessions. We passed a bill to require that uh, every court in the state accept uh, court pleadings to be filed electronically. That's a huge uh, money saver for anybody um, who has business before the courts. Uh, we think that's just good, you know, embracing technology that uh, you know, young people understand and we need the rest of the state to catch up. Um, passed a bill today that's really uh, supported by a lot of people in the legal community to kind of clean up and reverse two 
pretty uh, radical decisions by the Marine O'Connor Supreme Court. Yeah. So this uh, <laughs> this bill that we passed would reverse those and kind of restore a a more uh, you know kind of sane approach to the practice of law. And uh, you know, as far as the state house goes, we're continuing to try to get bills adopted, but it's uh, it'll slow down a bit here for the primary season. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're actually getting stuff done. I, I love hearing that because you hear Congress and it's like, oh, your your representative named a post office. Good job. But you're actually getting stuff yeah, right. done uh, for the people. <laughs> right. Now let's right. Off and, uh, transition to the election side because that's obviously my favorite kind of co- conversation point. Any major updates on the campaign side? I know you're you're facing a primary. You're facing a general challenge this time. Two things you haven't had to do last cycle, or at least not in this district. Uh, so how are you reacting to that? How's it going favorably for you or unfavorably? I imagine it's favorably, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's, it's going great, Josh. I mean, we had the Madison County Republican Party did their endorsement meeting last week. Um, I got endorsed by a vote of 30 to 7. That was the widest margin of any vote uh, for any other race that was considered that night. Uh, just had the screening with the Franklin County Republican Party last night. Got a unanimous recommendation from the screening committee uh, to be endorsed by that party. Been endorsed by virtually every elected official uh, that, that matters in Pickaway County. Uh, won every race there in the past by, you know, twenty, you know, roughly twenty point margins. Um, you know, if this was a race, they, you know, if this was a boxing match, they'd be looking to throw the towel. But uh, we're not going to take anything for granted. We're going to keep running hard. We've uh, we've raised a lot of money to defend this seat and make sure that I'm still in a position to. Uh, combat the radical left as I've been doing for the three years that I've been here. And uh, there's no appetite for changing this district. And we're going to make sure that uh, we win this election by a handy margin. I'm definitely not seeing a lot of appetite for change, especially when it comes to state issues. And this is my commentary. You don't have to comment on it. But when you have someone that's doing the right thing, the right job, if you have a plumber that goes and plums your toilet, charges you a good bill and leaves and comes back when you need to do it again, you don't fire the plumber. I'm not trying to compare you to a plumber, but you're doing the right thing. And and I don't see why we're trying to challenge good people. Focus all the resources on Blue 22. Um, I'm very glad. I'm very glad to be favorably compared to a plumber. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think that uh, you said it about perfectly, Josh. And uh, that's just how I feel about it. And I'm not a uh, I'm not against primaries by any mean. But when you have a good a good candidate, just just keep the good candidate. Uh, So anything else you want to say and how can people find you, support the campaigns, uh, find your work in the state house, all that fun stuff. Well, Josh, I appreciate your work as always. Appreciate you, uh, you know, being on the air and carrying the torch for us. Uh, people can find me at my website, uh, StuartForOhio.com. That's StuartForOhio.com. And uh, as I have said many times, if, uh, if you want to ruin a Democrat, uh, a radical leftist day in the state of Ohio, uh, tell them you're sending Brian Stewart back to the state house. If you if you wander onto my Twitter account, uh, which is at Brian Stewart OH. Again, that's at Brian Stewart OH. You will see exactly what I'm talking about, and uh, we would appreciate all the support we can get there as well. I get all kinds of Twitter notifications. I have notifications on for your account, and I like clicking on anyone that's not political and just reading the comments and seeing who makes it political. Uh, So it's a great entertainment piece over there, obviously getting important information (laughs) out as well. Representative, thank you for joining us today. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we look forward to talking again soon. You're a fine American, Josh. Thank you. Yes, sir. We'll be right back after this. This is the Conservative Crusader. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's Joe P. Josh. 
We can only keep the Conservative Crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Future Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash the Conservative Crusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader, GOPjosh.com. Welcome back. Appreciate you all as well. GOPjosh.com or as always at GOPjosh.com. Hope you enjoyed that interview with State Representative Brian Stewart running for the 12th District of Ohio. Also helped be, was very instrumental in the house, a passing of House Bill 68. He is great on the social issues, great on the conservative issues, great on the fiscal issues. He's just great on the issues. He's a great, as I mentioned in the show, a great plumber in some way. He's not really a plumber, but you know what I'm trying to say there. Uh, and I'm very glad to have him representing us in the state house. And he obviously he's a friend of the program, comes on here all the time. It is a complete, total privilege and honor to speak with him every time he comes on. And we will continue inviting him on as he represents us, and does all the good work in the state house that he does currently. All right, more Ohio news. This is the official Ohio segment. If you're not from Ohio, still stay tuned. As Ohio goes, so goes the nation. And I want to mention really quickly here Jenna Powell, who is a state representative. She is a good state representative. I mean, she, she's... I can't think of a vote that she's taken that I have disagreed with. Um, She's very active on social media. I, I've... Followed her since 2021 when I went to Teen Pact, and she was showed us a, a tour of the state house at that time. Um, she's just an overall great rep- state representative, does a lot of the good work, and and she withdrew from the primary election in a notice filed Monday with the Miami County Board of Elections. Uh, she in the letter, all she provided was saying that she was wishes to withdraw and not be on the ballot, and an email to contact her. Um, she wrote a letter and I want to read part of that letter. She put on Facebook, uh, to her constituents, to her friends or donors, all that fun stuff she put out there. She didn't put it on Twitter, but just over on Facebook, pretty much talking about why she's not going to, to run again. I don't, I I honestly don't know what the move is here. Uh, From the last five years, I've had the honor of serving you in the Ohio legislature. I made a commitment to you. I promised I would protect your family, your freedoms and your finances. I was honored that you placed your trust in me by sending to the state house. Talked about all of her accomplishments. I will finish my third term. Oh, here it is. God calls us to stand firm and speak boldly. In some seasons of life, we are called to engage in the public square. In others, we are called to be a business owner, wife, and focus on our family. I will finish my third term in the House, but I will not seek re-election to a fourth term. From the earliest days of our country, elected leaders were never expected to become career politicians. I always admire those early Americans who recognized government service was a temporary duty, not a lifelong career. I am proud of what we have accomplished together. I have done what you sent me to Columbus to do, and now it is time to pass the torch. Never abandon the pursuit of truth. With gratitude, Jenna Powell. I'm not really sure how to feel about that. I I don't know a thing about the guy running for her seat. She was challenged by Jonathan Newman, 
uh, makes sense that he's called Newman because he's a new man uh, to the scene. Dark County. See if we can find out anything about him. Um, he is part of a Christian fellowship group, which is obviously a good part of it. He was blessed by the church to run. He does a lot of stuff. Um, the passing of issue one does not mean the pro-life movement has ended. There is nothing we can do about abortion. Rather, it means we must find more, better, and wiser ways to protect babies and the rights of parents. It's clear that the vo more voices are needed in this effort, so I'm adding my voice and speaking up, kind of running. And so now she is, he is the Republican nominee. He is very likely to be the nominee. And so congratulations to him, Jonathan Newman. We'll reach out to him, see if we can get him on the show. All that fun stuff to talk about his campaign. But I'm glad we have someone that's actually, you know, filling that seat. Because a lot of the times you drop out, no one's there to, to replace you, and then we'd have a Democrat. A Democrat, Melissa Van Dyke of Wayne Lakes in Dark County, filed to run the seat. She's a Democrat. The chair of the Miami County Party said he doesn't know what this is all about. Powell did not respond to any comment questions. She has been a very conservative voter or, or vote along the lines, and I'm really surprised to see her kind of leave. I, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised. I'm disappointed. But, I mean, we'll find someone good to replace her in there, and I hope whatever she does in the future, uh, she, 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 she's successful in that. Beth Lear is another state representative. She's not dropping out. She is a great state representative. Uh, so, so funny story. I'm not going to get into the details of the conversation, but I was sitting in Florida at the Young Americans for Liberty conference with all kinds of young people across the nation. They also have a they, the the conference also has these representatives that are in charge of you know pursuing their values. Uh, Thaddeus Claggett was one of them. We had uh, Jennifer Gross sitting there. It was Ron Ferguson, Beth Lear, and they were just, they're, they're great people. They're nice people. They welcomed me in. Half of them didn't know who I was. Uh, Representative Gross, I believe, did, as well as Representative Ferguson. <clears throat> and they welcomed me into their conversation. They were just great people over overall. And here was she in, uh, so there was a, regarding a single-sex bathroom access bill. So, it's a trans adult bathroom ban, according to an independent LGBTQ journalist. Journalist. That is not a mom, it's a dad. Anyway. In Luke 17, Jesus says that if you cause one of these little ones of mine to stumble, it would be better for you to have a millstone hung around your neck and be thrown into the deepest sea. So... There are also concerns that Jesus has for children, and in Genesis, he tells us that he created them male and female. In Luke 17, Jesus says, We need more state representatives like Beth Lear. Just putting out the facts. She, she's kind of low profile, but she's really good on the issues, and I am incredibly glad she's in, in the state house. Uh, not a whole lot more to talk about in this Ohio segment here. We are not really... That deep in Ohio news, we had the big, um, the big major bill, House Bill sixty eight. We we kind of flew through that. I am glad to see it was overridden, and I wasn't expecting it not to be. Um, so so letters to the editor they published today. I don't think they usually do that on Wednesdays of the Dispatch. Here's one of them from Linda Scover. We're not going to read the whole thing, 
Governor Mike DeWine trampled the rights of all those assigned female at birth with his veto of House. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Keep going. Oh, that's the only one about it. So, so what'd they say? Oh, Mike DeWine is no hero. He stomped on the rights. Okay, I read, I read the title wrong. I'm kind of glad they put that in there now. Okay. <laughs> I read the title wrong. Um, that's, that's about it I have that today, I guess. We're going to end the program a little bit early, wrap it up. So thank you all for listening. This is a very unprofessional outro. This is not a, a, a very high... Oh, yeah. Aaron Shore from the Designated Survivor series. I don't remember his actual name, but he passed away. Uh, Adam, I believe his name was. Adam Canto passed away. He was in Designated Survivor. Um, Narcos in a Netflix series, The Cleaning Lady. He was just all around. He passed away. Very unfortunate to hear that. And just prayers to his family. It was apparently, he didn't publish it, but he had cancer. He was in his 40s. Such a tragic event. Not really Ohio-related, but I wanted to mention that there. So rest in peace. Adding Canto. Thank you for the the entertainment. And I really enjoyed Designated Survivor. I haven't seen House of Cards yet, but I really enjoyed the Designated uh, Survival, uh, Designated Survivor show. So yeah. Anyways, friends, we'll be right back. Not right now, but we'll be back Friday, the 12th, Year of Our Lord, 2024, Anno Domini. Uh, with more news, more opinions, everything we do here, we'll do it even bigger on Friday. Thank you all for listening. We'll be right back after these messages, I guess, if you're listening to this prior to the show. But we're going to be back on Friday. Have a great night, friends. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, we'll see you Friday, and stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 